Well, we're going back to Romans this morning, going back to Romans chapter 15. Just a few more weeks, we're going to finish this up. And the book of Romans is just a wonderful book that talks about so many neat theological things, but then applies it to our heart in more of a practical way. Well, you've heard it said, find something you really love to do, and you will never work a day in your life. And that is absolutely true, but the truth is, if you do, you'll work harder than you ever thought possible but it won't seem like it. And the difference is the word passion. Passion, when you have a desire to be there, when you love it, when it just flows out of you. And you may be one of those persons that say, how do people get up every day and go to work with joy and and come home late and get up and do it over and over again? How is that? How can people do that? And, And you're just blown away by that, and it's because of the word passion. People have that passion. I could go around to individuals here in the congregation this morning that I, I talk to them about their job, I talk to them what they do, and it just flows out of them. They love it. They have a tremendous amount of passion for what it is they do. Pastor Andy, grab a microphone and come on up here. And I, I've asked Pastor Andy to come up and um, just talk for a moment about Plan to Protect. Now, Andy has a wonderful heart and, and just desire for so many things but plan to protect your specialty. Tell us about plan to protect. Okay, dangerous to give me a microphone and speak <laughs> about plan to protect. So plan to protect, cold light of day, hard facts. Plan to protect is our child abuse prevention policy for children, youth, and now vulnerable adults. And so before you can step in and serve with us as a church in those ministries, you have to do a full orientation, full training, and then every year after that, you have to do an hour and a half refresher. It helps us protect. What it isn't about, it isn't about legality. It isn't about red tape. It isn't about making people jump through hoops. It isn't about insurance. Plan to protect is about us being able to extend the love, care, grace, nurture, protection that God showers upon us each and every day. Mm. And so in that moment of us living and breathing plan to protect, in that moment we become the hands and feet of Jesus. Mm. Now God, as you will have heard and some of you know me, my past is fairly checkered. Pastor Barry made reference to that term of being a jack of all trades and a master of none. (laughs) But stepping into ministry, now connecting the dots. So even as a police officer, as an undertaker, working in Romania with children in orphanages, within the streets, God very much has wired me and called me to be the hands and feet of Jesus with Plan to Protect. You guys do that too. And when I had the opportunity to preach last week, you heard me talk about you are not volunteers. You are a part of an integral team. You are the under-shepherds. And if I think about Cora, our daughter, many of you will know we adopted Cora when she was two and a half. Cora was born out of a situation of abuse She's alcohol fetal, drug baby, stroke in the womb, ADHD, Asperger's, and five learning disabilities. Cora was never to walk, talk, be toilet trained, get humor, Mm. have any empathy, but through God's love, his grace, his mercy, protection, 
provided by lots of you in this room, we now see a 14-year-old young lady who has surpassed everything mm. that the world said she would be. And so that's why I'm passionate about Plan to Protect. I have, as a police officer, seen when things are not in place, as well as when things are in place. And even as an undertaker, I have seen when this kind of protection is not in place. Mm. So this coming Wednesday, <laughs> <laughs> we have a refresher training session. Sign up at both of our connections tables in the foyer there. Mm. But I want us to get past the red tape, the legality, it's needed for insurance, it's needed for policy. Mm. Yes, it is needed for those things, but it's more than that. And when we see the lives of our children flourish and that level of protection that God gives us lived out by you, lives are changed. And that's why I love and I'm passionate about Plan to Protect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I give them a minute to talk about Plan to Protect, it goes on and on. I say, how's Daphne? Good. <laughs> you know, he has a great, great, yeah. but you know, plan to protect really is, needs to be seen in a better light than we have. We need, need to understand it is great. It's awesome. It protects not only the kids, it protects workers, it protects the ministry. Yeah. It is just where we need to be. Yeah. So thank you so much, my friend. Appreciate that. And, uh, you, but you, do you get the sense of passion? He is passionate about this. He's the guy that'll lock himself in his office, close the door, and work on our plan to protect and study it and examine it and all that. There's a passion there. Now, quite frankly, you stick me in that room for about 15 minutes with the door shut, and I'm about ready to go nuts. I want out of there. I want to talk to somebody. I want to be involved and want to hear what's going on. But he can do that because he has a passion for it. It's not his desire or his heart to be there all that time, but he does it because of this passion that flows out, not for plan to protect. We use that phrase, but for the people it protects and what it does for the ministry. So we're thankful for that. Well, when you get to Romans, you find that Paul is passionate about something. So let's go over to Romans chapter 15 this morning and picking it up at verse 14, you find that same kind of passion that's there. He said, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me uh, by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, uh, I can never say that, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on some, someone else's foundation, but as is it written, those who have uh, um, never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard 
will understand. Let's pray. Father, I ask your blessing on this time together this morning. Father, we need you. We need to have this idea of what passion is. We need to examine our hearts and make sure, Father, that we're there. Help us understand Paul's passion that he has, Father, and how that affected his whole life, just how it affected him completely, Father. And so I certainly pray, Father, that we would catch that this morning, and then we'd examine our hearts and our lives, Lord. It's not just about some words on a page. It's about how does those words on a page affect us and cause us to ask questions that make us realize that we may need to do something to make sure we're in line with you. And so we ask your blessing now upon this time together in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, passion, the word passion means to suffer, to bear, or to endure. And it's the idea of going the extra mile, of doing what you need to do because you're passionate about it. And as you talk to people that, that are in this idea of, of a business that they love or, or something that they love to do or ministry, and certainly in Paul's case, this desire to do whatever it took. And when you have passion about something, you'll suffer in that. I think of Paul and all the suffering that he went through and everything that, he, that happened to him, the, the shipwrecks, the, 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 the stoning, uh, all of these things that took place, all of that that happened, being in jail. And as he's writing this even, and as he's writing these uh, letters, he's writing from this point of view that he's in jail. And it just passion just flows out of him in that way. Passion makes you go farther, stay longer, rise higher, and love deeper. Passion makes you go farther, stay longer, rise higher, and love deeper. That's what passion does for you. And passion is so important in that way. You can imagine how the passion flowed out of Paul for the opportunity to reach people for Christ. He just had this sense of wanting to do that. Could you imagine being jailed to Paul in Rome? In Rome? Yeah, you know, that there was, he was in a house arrest and, and this idea that somebody was jailed with him, he was tied to him as a chain, so to speak. To, they would be between him and the guard and the guard would be chained to him and that's how he looked after him. Well, I want to tell you something. It was probably a real mess finding another guard to go down there because I would imagine every three days, if not sooner than that, they had to replace the guard because the guy got saved. You know, he's down there praying with Paul. He's supposed to be looking after him. You know, could you imagine being chained to him? And you think of how fortunate you would have been to have that happen, but it probably drove the, those that are in, uh, over the thing and, and looking after the thing, probably drove them nuts. We can't find anybody to go down there. And we chain this guy up to Paul, and three days later, he comes to know Christ. And so it just fulfilled that passion he had, not only to share the gospel, but to share the gospel with Gentiles. Because all of those soldiers that were chained to him would have been Gentiles. So that now the whole palace guard, if you remember the writing, the whole palace guard has come to know Christ. How? Because of one guy in jail with a passion to share Christ with Gentiles. It's amazing what passion can do and a desire can do in that way. And so as I look at this passage then, I find that there's some things about passion. First of all, passion causes boldness. Passion causes boldness. Going back to our passage, this is, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. He begins with talking about who they are. And he says, oh, you're, 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 I'm just satisfied with you. You've come so far. And he's talking about the brothers. And I think he's talking about Jewish brothers at this point. He uses that word in the sense that we're brothers in, in Christ, but Jewish brothers that you yourself are full of goodness, righteous. 
you know Christ is the idea. Filled with all knowledge. And they would have been filled with the Old Testament knowledge at this point, and they would have been filled in that way. And able to instruct one another. In other words, you've come to the place where you can actually teach one another about God. You've grown in that much. But notice the next word. He says, but on some points I have written to you very boldly. Now Paul writes unto them with, a, with this boldness because of the passion that he has. And what's happening here is these Jews have not really understood the reaching of the Gentiles with the gospel. You get that sense as you go through this book. You get the sense that they kind of think, hey, we're it. We've got it. We, we've got it all together. And you remember that they went back. We find that in the book where they go back to their thought about knowing Abraham as their father and the fact that they were given the law and the fact that they had circumcision. And so they thought that they were a special people. And so Paul writes unto them and he says, don't you get it? We're all lost without Christ. Don't you get it that every person stands in the same position? He even goes to the place as you work your way through the book where he says that, hey, the Jews are out and the Gentiles have been grafted in. And he says some very bold things to challenge them. Why? Because he wants to be a pain in their neck? No, because they have a passion for the Gentiles to be reached for Christ. And it just flows out of him, and he can't help it. And when he writes under the guidance of the Holy Spirit here, he challenges them and says, hey, you need to understand that there is a passion that needs to be there for these Gentiles to be saved. And so passion causes boldness. I think of the, the people that have the passion that flows out of them in this boldness sense. You know, one guy that really impressed me was Levi. You know why? He has a passion for evangelism. Have you noticed that? He has a passion for evangelism. Man, he got young people to go out and do evangelism with him. I mean, he, he was just passionate about that. He was pas he'd go stand on a path next to the high school and hand out tracks. I mean, just had a passion to be there. He'd go door to door. Most of us wouldn't even consider that, but he'd go door to door in that way and, and just to tell people about Christ. That was his heart. That was his passion. What it caused boldness. You see, when passion is there, you're willing to go farther, stay longer, rise higher, and love deeper. Because that's what passion does. What are you passionate about? What is it that you're passionate about? Is it reflecting in who you are and in your ministry and the dedication and all of those things? I think of in the ministry, and I want people to have a passion for God and that passion to come along aside of their gifts and take their gifts and their talents and their abilities and all of that stuff and begin to use it for God in an attitude of boldness and a heart of boldness of stepping out. And people are so committed when they're passionate and people are so uncommitted when they're not. Well, you can see it. You can see it. When people sign up to do something, you, you know right off whether they're signing up because they need a warm body to fill the place or they sign up because they really want to be there, because they're passionate. You know, you talk to some, some, somebody who has a heart for the nursery and ministering to those kids. Now, don't put me in there. You just don't want to put me in there. You just don't want that. To, it would not be, end well. I'd be having a session on plan to protect. You know, I mean, I just not end well. It's just, it's just, I just don't have the patience. I love working with adults. It's not my thing. But there are people that flow with that. You know, and they hit the step out there running. 
You know, they, they want, we don't have to call them up and say, you're in nursery next week. They have a passion for that. And then there's those that don't. You know, you, you see the person coming to Awana who's doing it because they need a warm body. I go do it. I need to get me there. And then you see those that love it. I can't wait to get there. They get out of the car. You can't talk to them because they're on their way to the building. They can't get, wait to get in here. They want to be on time. They want to be a part of it. See, passion just changes everything. Passion changes everything. Number two, passion follows a call. As you go through here, you really decide and realize that Paul has been called to this. He says, because of the grace given me by God, the gift given to me by God. What was the gift? To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. To be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in a priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And when Paul looks at this, he says, I have been called to go to the Gentiles. Now, Paul had a passion for the Gentiles, yes, but that really was a passion to fulfill what God had called him to do. And so this call comes to Paul, and he cannot help but to respond to it. And his ultimate goal is to be obedient to Christ. He says to be a minister of Christ to the Gentiles. And you really begin to understand that what he's saying is, I want to go and preach Christ to where it's going to make a difference. I want to preach Christ to these Gentiles because God's called me to do that. And because he's writing unto Jewish people, he uses Jewish terms. He says, in the priestly service of the gospel of God. What was the priest to do? The priest was to represent the people to God and God to the people. And he says, I want to represent God to these Gentiles. I want to represent God in that way. And so I do this priestly service to them. I bring the message of God. I go, and the passion of God just oozes out of him so that the offering of the Gentiles, again, a Jewish term, this idea of bringing in the offering. He says, I want Gentiles to be acceptable unto God. I want Gentiles to be saved in that way. And thus you have by the sanctified, by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit moves on the hearts of the Gentiles when I share Christ with them and it just, it just they just seem to get saved and I so want to do that. And his goal then is to reach Gentiles. Was that easy? Absolutely not. As you're writing into Romans, you realize that the Jews did not like that. They thought that the gospel, or at least God, was for them. And so that was not an easy task. He, as he went through that, you know, when you think of the times that he was kicked out of places, stoned, shipwrecked, thrown in jail, and the list goes on and on and on of all of these things. And he probably could have gone, hey, I'm tired of doing this. I'm fed up with this. But God kept bringing him back to that call. And I'm sure there are days when he thought, I'm done with this. I'm so tired of this. And he was able to go back. But I remember the call. I remember how God called me into this ministry. I remember how God gave this to me. And no matter how difficult it gets, I'm going to keep going because I am called by God. That's the difference in ministry. You know, you, people that get up and go and, and people show up and they're part of it and they're excited to be there is because they understand that God has called them to do it. 
That's what makes the difference. And there's this real passion to do it no matter what. There's a heart to do it no matter what. And so the issue that I say to you is find what God has called you to do. Find what God has called you to do and then be passionate about it and remember that call and step up and do it. And it's amazing how it works. And But passion always follows a call. Number three, Passion leads to victory. Just go on from there. It says, in Christ Jesus, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Now, he's not using the word pride in the wrong way here. It's not that I'm proud of what I've done, as you'll see in just a moment. He says, I'm thankful for what has happened. I'm thankful how God has done this, how Gentiles have been saved, and God has allowed me to do this. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished. You see, he's not going, I'm proud because, look, I did this, and I've been here, and I've been working this hard, and I've done that. He says, no, no, what I'm talking about is what God has done through me because I heard the call, and I responded in passion. He's not being proud about himself. He's being proud of what God does. And what God does then, he calls us into it. He gives us that passion for it. We work hard. We do what we're supposed to do because of that. And then God comes along and blesses that and pours out upon us, and the ministry goes forward, and good things happen. And God allows us to be accomplished the things that he's called us to do. And then guess what? We turn around and don't take the credit for it. We praise God. That's what we're to do. We pour out the blessing. Of God. He says this. He says, the, he says uh, priestly service and, and gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. So he basically says this, I'm just a body. I just showed up. I answered the call. And Paul has a good understanding of humility. And he says, I realize that anything of eternal value is only done by God. But look at the victory that's there. You know and I know that if Paul hadn't responded to that call, If there hadn't been that passion there, there certainly wouldn't have been the results that are found. It's because he responds. He has that heart. He does that. And passion follows the call. And I think there's sometimes we we, we forget, and we forget why we're here, and we forget what we're doing, and we need to go back and look at that call again and realize that any victory that comes out of that belongs the praise to God. It's all about him, not about us. We need to realize. And then finally, passion creates energy. Passion creates energy. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you can just tell when people are just full of passion. They just get up, they go, they go, they're there early, they can't wait to get there, they're always the last one out. And you can tell when people don't have a passion because why? They're always late. 4.30, you can't get out the door quick enough. You know, you're just like, man, I can't wait till it's done. 4.29 if I can sneak out and 4.25 if I can get away with it. I just, I just don't want to be here. I, I just, you know, I'm just doing a job. And you can tell that passion. And you have that sense when people are, are, are you know, are, are in that place of ministry as well. Hey, folks, if you want to be successful in this life, Find something that God has called you to do. Follow after him and then allow him to fill you with that passion. And honestly, if you put God first and recognize him, the rest will take care of itself. 
You really will. God will use you in a mighty way in that, in regards to that. Verses 20 and 21 tell us this. It's, it goes on and it says here in this passage, it's, it tells us here, it says, and the, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it has arisen, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. See, Paul's passion caused him to go farther, to go higher, to go deeper, to do all of those things. Matter of fact, it caused him to take the gospel to places that had not been preached. It would have been easy. Let's face it, it would have been a whole lot easier just to say, oh, so-and-so was there last week. I'll just come along and just kind of build on them and teach, and I don't have to do that. No, Paul says, I don't want to do that. I'm not interested in building on somebody else's foundation. I want to be a, 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 a you know, a, just a, a planter. I want to be a, a person that's a pioneer. I want to be a person that takes the gospel to places that are difficult. Why? Because people need to hear about Christ. And he steps out and he says, I'm not interested in building someone else's foundation. That's true, but what he's really interested in is seeing people saved. And so Paul's goal was, oh, somebody's there? I'll go to the difficult place. Someone's over there, I'll go over here to this spot. Nobody's had the gospel there, I'll go there. And Paul's heart and desire was to take the gospel to as many places as possible so as many Gentiles as possible would be part of this offering to God. It was passion that caused that. It was desire to do that. Was it easy? Absolutely not. Would he have to go through a lot of difficulty? Absolutely. If he had gone to the safe places, how much easier it would have been but he says, I don't care. I don't care what they do to me. I don't care what happens to me. I don't care what happens to my heart and my life or my physical body or whatever. He says, I don't care about those things. I'll even give up my own life if people could just be saved. That was Paul's heart. That was his attitude. Why? And it flowed out of passion. You get a glimpse of that in Colossians. Um, you get a glimpse of that over here in Colossians when he's writing. And he writes these words, and I want you to hear them because they're important. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now listen to the passion. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, work to the point of exhaustion is what it means. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Paul said, hey, I'll work to the point of exhaustion. I'll, I'll just pour out. I'll give everything I have because of the passion that I have and this ambition I have to take the gospel to the Gentiles so that they can be saved. What are you passionate about? What is it that you get excited about? But I think the bigger question is, are you passionate about God? You know, I love Bob's testimony. <laughs> he doesn't know yet he's not supposed to be excited. He hasn't figured that out yet. He hasn't, he hasn't figured out that he's just supposed to be humdrum and, you know, and, and go through life. You see, the problem is, it's nothing wrong with Bob. There's something wrong with us. We've gotten to the place where our Christian life is 
get up every day, go through it. I've kind of lost my desire to be in my devotions. I've kind of lost my desire to be passionate about God. Oh, bring back the excitement. Bring back the joy. Bring back the enthusiasm of that passion that I had for God when I was a younger man. Have your Christian life gotten humdrum? Have you lost the passion for God you once had? It's never too late, folks. That can come back. That can be exciting. And you know the best thing about passion? I think the best thing about passion is it's contagious. It really is. I don't know about you, but man, I was wound up. Bob's testimony. He was sitting here last night. That's why I'm pointing over here. You know, I, I was wound up about Bob. He just excited me. He got passion. And if you go into your relationship with God and it becomes passionate, not only will it affect you, but it'll affect everybody around you. It'll affect everybody around you. It'll change the ministry. It'll change people's hearts. It'll change people's lives. And I think one of the reasons we talk about, you know, being a good witness for Christ just by the life that you live, I think we lack passion in that statement. I think people see us as, well, they don't swear, they don't drink, but where's the passion for God that ought to be there? Where's the passion for God that flows out of us? That people see that we're in love with God. And it doesn't matter whether it's jail or shipwreck or stonings or whatever it is. I'm going to live with Christ as the center of my life. What is God calling you to do? What call is upon your life? What passion can you have that you can change the world for him? Passion causes boldness. It follows a call. It leads to victory. It creates energy. It allows to do the work for God with excellence. It brings together our passion, our calls, our gifts, our talents. It's unbeatable. It's amazing. It's contagious. It allows us to bless others for Christ. So my question is this. Have you lost your passion? Do you remember what it was like when you were first saved? Remember what it was like when you first came to Christ? You were excited. You couldn't get into the Word. You couldn't wait to tell somebody else. And somehow, that is dissipated. And you're just going through the motions. You're just doing Christian life because that's what you're supposed to do. You're showing up late to your relationship with God. You're leaving early. You're just checking in because that's what you do. That's not life, folks. You see, passion will cause me to go farther. It'll cause me to stay longer. It'll cause me to rise higher. It'll cause me to have a deeper love. So ask yourself, how's your passion? How is your passion? Is it where it needs to be? It can be today. Father, I thank you so much for your word this morning. And Lord, I think sometimes we forget that you love us. You are passionate about us. And you want us to be passionate about you. I have the feeling, Lord, that there's some people here that have grown cold with you. I just have that feeling. 
I, I just believe that. There are people that can remember, oh, I remember when I first got saved, or I, I can remember what it was like a couple years ago, or I can remember my desire to get into the Word of God. I can remember the excitement that I had like Bob has. Oh, God, bring that back. Restore that in me again. Help me to be passionate about you. Help me to find that place you want me to serve and then just pour it out, that call out upon me and help me to respond with passion. God, bring back the passion. Bring back the joy. Bring back the desire to serve you. Help me to fall in love with you again. In Jesus' name, amen.